Good morning. How's everybody doing? You guys were clapping earlier. I don't know if you know that or not. It was pretty crazy. It's like, they clapped. First service was weird. First service folks, I don't know if you were clapping at home or not. Maybe you were. But in the room, first service, like a song would end and there would be like one person <laughs> and they would give it the old like very energetic. <laughs> like that was it. I'm going to give you a fair game warning. The closing song today is a good clap along song. All right? So don't leave them hanging out here. Poor Heather in the first service, she was trying hard. I mean, Heather was over here doing her thing and she was clapping. In the first service, they were just like, eh, I'm just tired. Just received the offering. I got to go home. I don't know what it was. So Heather, that was, I appreciate it. And I was with you. I don't know if you know it. See, Heather, I'm... I'm earning my keep today, you know, I was trying. So just fair warning, warm those hands up, right? Get them ready for the closing song today. Hey, uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm the lead pastor here at Crossroads, and I can see everybody uh, wore your ugly sweaters today. Uh, I particularly like that one right there. That's really, oh, no, that's not an ugly, oh, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody got the memo. Uh, we forgot to send that one out. But I just thought I'd bring a little Christmas cheer here with everybody. <laughs> the, the, here's the problem with this sweater. It's got this, like, thing right here. This is like a three-dimensional sweater. And every now and then when I talk, I, like, point my head right down. That would happen. I'm like, whoa, I got a mask. What is going on? I felt like. So, uh, now I really am the lead pastor. I apologize if that's confusing to some of you. But uh, thanks for being here. If this is your first time, so glad you're here in the room. If you're tuning in for the first time, thank you for connecting. As you came in today or as you logged in, you noticed uh, there's some links there for the, connect card, or for the Connect card and also the talk notes. You received talk notes as you came in on the tables if you want. We'll jump in. The fill-ins are bright yellow. We give you all the answers ahead of time. We don't want you to have to work for it here. Uh, so we're in week four of this series, Peace on Earth, which we said this is the point of Christmas, peace on earth. The angels pronounced it, goodwill, peace on earth to men of goodwill, which is all of us. God loves every one of us and desires for that peace, that shalom, that wholeness. And we're talking about that. So it's good. It's fun. How many of you in the room, raise your hand up nice and high if you're at home, hit the like button or something like that when I say this. Uh, how many of you have ever experienced the crash of Christmas? Like the Christmas crash. You know what that feels like. Uh, we go hard and we go fast to Christmas, right? Like no, November hits and we start thinking about it. And then it's like Amazon and we're checking things out. We're trying to make sure we beat the deadline for shipping. And then it's all the menus that we got to prepare. And we run and we go and we go and we go. And then Christmas hits. And then all of a sudden the withdrawals, like we bam, it's like cold turkey. We end it all, right? It's like December 25th hits and it's all over with. The adrenaline dump has happened and, and we just start to feel the crash. It's kind of like kids when they eat so much sugar, they get all that energy and then about 20 minutes later, it's like, right? It's a Christmas crash. It's an emotional crash, right? It's kind of like, oh no, now all we have to look forward to is cold weather, <laughs> right? Like, what am I going to do until the summer? Or if you're super spiritual, it's like, what am I going to do till Easter? But let's face it, we're all saying, what are we going to do till summer, you know? Right, and we just, we hit that crash and we go, oh man, it's so depressing sometimes. And, and some of you hold out, right? Like some of you, you can carry that Christmas mood through like Christmas evening, but then like you wake up December 26th and it's like, I gotta get rid of this tree. We gotta get rid of these leftovers, right? And, and, we, and it's not like the joy of it anymore. Some of you, if you've got real little kids, you make it to about 7 a.m., right? <laughs> 7.30 a.m., you're like, fend for yourself, you know, like, play with your new toys, leave me alone for a week, you know? 
Because it just, we do, we go and we go and we go. Now, why is it? And I thought about that this week and I figured it out. I figured out why we have this massive withdrawal because I'm just that smart. I might have read an article. I don't know what it was. But no, this is what I think. This is just my two cents. I think that we hit this wall, that we go through Christmas crash, we hit the withdrawals because Christmas in the West, right? We live in the Western world. Christmas in the West is driven primarily by a commercial calendar and not a liturgical calendar, right? So by liturgical calendar, I mean a rhythm of existence that's based on your spirituality, Right? If we think of the church, we've talked about the church uh, lots of, around here, but if we think of the church as the body of Christ, the, the called ones, the, the called out ones, not the people that are going to heaven ones, but the people that are working to create heaven here on earth, right? Equity for everyone, justice for everyone, mercy for everyone, right? That if we live our lives by a liturgical calendar that seeks the rhythms of the soul, that's different than the rest of our kind of Western world. Because if we're honest, the Western world functions by a commercial calendar. Like you could probably tell me right now, when you walk into a store on December 27th, what are you going to see? You're going to start to see Valentine's Day, right? And then once Valentine's Day hits, you're going to start to see the Easter Bunny, right? I mean, there's this, there is a commercial marketing calendar that exists and floats around there. We just don't recognize it because we swim in it right? It's like fish don't know they're in water because they're swimming in it. Like we don't recognize the air around us because it's just part of who we are. Now, some of you are sitting in the room, you're like, how dare you? How dare you, sir? I know you're thinking, like you condescending, judgmental pastor, you're like all the rest of them, okay? And you're thinking that for two reasons, because you think you're not governed and dictated by the commercial calendar. And I'm here to call you a liar, because we're all, we all are. I am, every one of us. And here's how I know that. Because if I were to just come up to you in the atrium, or if I were to send you a text right now, and I were to say, are you ready for Christmas? What would go on in your head first thing? What do you think I'm asking you? Do you have all your presents? Are they wrapped? Are you ready to go? That's what you would think. That's what I would think. If you came up to me and said, hey, are you ready for Christmas? I'm immediately going to go, well, I got a couple little things to do while I'm out. But other than that, it's got a few things to wrap. And Wendy's been all over it and she got everything wrapped and is showing me up and blah, blah, blah. Why is that? Is it because we don't love Jesus? I'm going to assume most of us in here love Jesus, have a spiritual life. That's not it. It's because we're, this, this, this commercial calendar, it overshadows our lives, right? We're not bad people. Now, listen, I got to tell you, I'm not down on the commercialization of Christmas, right? I know some people that they can't stand the commercialization of Christmas. And I don't know why that is. But I love the, com- <laughs> I love the commercialization of Christmas. And that might sound strange to you, but think about it, right? My vocation, I'm like a professional Christian. Like, people pay me to believe. You all do it for free. <laughs> I got the better deal, Okay. So I love going out, and if I'm walking into a store and I see Christmas trees up and people saying happy holidays. By the way, I'm not down on happy holidays because Christmas is a holiday. I just include it in there. I think it's wonderful and respectful of people. But people say Merry Christmas, and there's Christmas music playing. Like, I love it because I think it's bringing out and putting into our subconscious the message of Jesus. So I'm all commercialized. I love it. So I'm not down on that. But what I want to say is for people of faith, Right, for, for the baptized ones, right? For those of us that would say our lives have been transformed through a gift of faith that we can see the world differently. 
something happens when the commercial calendar like overshadows the liturgical calendar. And when that happens in our lives, there's some pretty significant side effects for the ability for Christmas to have its mark in our lives. So when the commercial calendar really overshadows and takes over the liturgical calendar, a couple of things happen. First of all, Christmas is over before it even begins. And, and you know what I'm talking about? It's that feeling. Like we, we march for 30 days, it feels like, 27 days to get there. I know Christmas is on the 25th, but I'm assuming you start some late November, all right? We march towards it. We go, 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 go. And then whew, we open up presents and it's like it's over with. But it never actually had a chance to work in our lives. I'm 43 years old. How many of you in the room are between the ages of, say, 40 and 45? Raise your hand up nice and high. 40 and 45. There's like three of us. Okay, wonderful. We won't ask on the other side of it. But um, So I know this sweater makes me look like I'm 22, but I really am 43. Uh, so so when I was a kid, I probably was seventh grade, uh, I got for Christmas the Nintendo Entertainment System. How many of you all know what I'm talking about? Not the Super NES, right? But the Nintendo Entertainment System that had two buttons on it. You know what I'm talking about? A and B. My kid now, like Xbox garbage, like they hand me a controller. I'm like, what, what is this? I'm flying a shuttle to the moon here? What is going on? Like, I'm just needing to swing a baseball bat. Like, why do I need four? Oh, well, you got to, you have to push two buttons at the same time. I'm like, uh-uh, two buttons, that's all I need, right? Now, one of the games that was really popular for the Nintendo Entertainment System, if you remember, was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Anybody ever play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Soda Popinski? Anybody? So Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, a few of you did, right? Now, Mike Tyson, he was kind of a big deal back in the day. You know, had some issues, right? But who, who of us does it? Okay, we're Graceville Place. Mike Tyson was famous for what? Like he would, ha- he would have these massive boxing matches, right? And they would last like 27 seconds. <laughs> millions and millions and millions of people, pay-per-view, $50, and it'd be over with in 27 seconds. I was actually talking to my mother-in-law about this when she was visiting over this last month, and she was telling a story about how her and Wendell, my father-in-law, when he was alive, they had a big party one time. Big, huge party, invited all their friends over, wanted to come out and watch the Tyson fight. So they invited all their friends over, and they had all this food that they had ordered, pizzas and wings, and they had all the drinks. Everybody gets there, the pay-per-view starts, the fight happens. Over in 27 seconds, the food hadn't even arrived yet. Hadn't even arrived yet. And it's over with. So like you got all these people there. It's like, oh, well, see you later, Right. All the anticipation, all that work to invite everybody, to order the food, to clean the house. And then there's really no event that people bond and hang out and chat. It's just over with, right? It's like kids eating Christmas desserts, right? Like good luck having them. They don't know how to savor anything. It's like, it's gone, right? And you're saying, how did you even enjoy that, right? We have a tendency, like all the work that goes into, like if you're a baker, you know all the work that goes into baking something and then somebody just inhales it, No, stop. And when that's the case, when it's over before it begins, what happens is we miss the transforming power of it. We miss that this experience year after year of coming to the manger, of being reminded of this incredible miracle, this wonderful expression of love, right? And we, we, we miss the transformation and we actually trade transformation for goosebumps, right? You know what I'm talking about. The Christmas Eve goosebumps, 
right? If you've been around church for a while or you come at a good Christmas Eve and it's the candle lighting, oh, I mean, and I've got some great stories about Christmas Eve candle lighting with my kids, right? But like, that's for another day. But like, we love that. We love the Christmas carols and when the snow machine works and all those wonderful feels, right? It's just amazing. And then we like, oh, that's great. But then the truth is you go home and that's over with. And then it's like rush home, got to deal with whoever might be coming over, might not be coming over. It's COVID. It's crazy. We got to deal with all that. But we just kind of exchange it. We're happy with that. But, but I think that for people of faith, for peacemakers, there's a way in which we can walk into this season and we can avoid the crash and we can have transformation and not goosebumps. And it's a little something we call the 12 days of Christmas. How many of you ever heard the song, the 12 days of Christmas? Y'all want to sing it? You want to sing it at home? Go ahead. You sing it at home. We'll just keep on going. All right. <laughs> Do you think there's anybody at home singing it right now? I, maybe. Text me if you're singing it. Record yourself singing it. Send it to me. 207-608-1106. I would love to see it. 12 Days of Christmas, this kind of folksy, fun Christmas carol that uh, there's a true love and they get a gift over these 12 days. Now, you can research. I did a little bit of research. I didn't do too much research on it, but I did a little bit of research on it. And, and there's all kinds of like folklore and tales about you know, how this song came about. And as far as I can tell, it has no spiritual significance whatsoever, right? Like, like so many things that we do in the spiritual world, we infuse spirituality into it at some point in time. But at the end of the day, it really is just this kind of fun carol that came out of Europe, right? But it's these 12 days. Now, what happened is the church over many centuries, the church developed a season called the 12 days of Christmas, right? And the 12 days of Christmas is a, is a time where there's this celebration and it moves us. And I actually think if we will embrace the 12 days of Christmas, that we can actually give ourselves some space to receive the transformation that comes through the experience of the manger. Now, I want to tell you right now, I'm not, you'll, you know this about me, like I'm not a real religious guy, right? In fact, like religion is the sense of like rules and things you have to do to keep God happy and, you know, make sure that you're a good person. Like I, 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 that's awful, just deplorable. I hate that. So, so the 12 days of Christmas, just from the beginning, it's not come to church 12 days. We're not doing that. I only work one day a week. That's Sundays. So I'm not, the overtime would be astronomical. We could never, so we're not doing 12 days of church, okay? It's 12 days of Christmas. So right now, some of you like thought maybe I was going to make you come to church or tune in for an hour. No, no, all right? But I want to share for a few minutes, just like maybe two or three things that if we live into this idea of the 12 days of Christmas, Christmas, not this religious like have to, but if we live into the idea of the 12 days of Christmas, we might learn some things and we might open our hearts up for transformation. All right. So the first thing is this, the 12 days of Christmas, what we ought to think of it as is it begins a journey to epiphany. Okay. Now, epiphany is something that we don't celebrate in the, in the Protestant world. Like, we're in the Protestant world. A lot of, some Protestants do, but our kind of strand uh, of faith that we've been a part of, we don't really celebrate epiphany. So you say, what is epiphany, right? Well, epiphany is uh, a Christian feast uh, that is celebrated on January 6th. And, and what this celebration is, it's the celebration that God took on flesh, manifested God's self to the entire world, to the Gentiles, not just to the Jews, and it's celebrated through the story of the three wise men. Now, how many of you know, we have no idea how many wise men there were, right? We just say three wise men because it fits the song really well, okay? So it's celebrated through this story in Matthew chapter 2, where it says Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. You got to remember, King Herod was a crazy guy, kind of a monster of a leader. 
It says, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. Now, they got to know this. Wise men really softens the blow here because what really is being described are some people from the east that were probably astrologers. Y'all know astrology, right? The study of the stars and the heavenly be the heavenly bodies, and looking for purpose and meaning. Astrology. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in an era where astrology—I mean, that was a no-no. Like I remember, some of you might remember this. You might be old enough or not. If you're a young youngster, you won't know this. But like when I was a kid, you'd go to the grocery store. And uh, that was back in the day where you went into the grocery store before they would bring them out to you. Now they just bring your groceries out to you. Uh, so some of you might not even know what I'm talking about there. But uh, you used to have to go into the grocery store and get your own food. Uh, now they'll do it for you. But uh, you go. we would be in line at the grocery store. And then by the gum, there were these little round like rolled up scrolls. Anybody remember this? They were little rolled up scrolls, a whole bunch of them. And all I knew was those were bad. <laughs> Like, if you touch that, you were going to get possessed by the devil and probably start buying cigarettes next. Like, that was, like, in, in the conservative fundamentalist world I grew up in. Like, that was, the, that was it right there. And what it was was people would buy these little things, these little rolls. they pull it out, and it would tell them their future, and they would then start worshiping the devil. Like, that was how it was, like, presented to me, right? That's what astrology was. But what's fascinating is, uh, that's really not what astrology is, uh, by the way, but, like, these people that showed up, with Jesus, they weren't uh, Jewish people. They weren't Christians. There was no such thing as a Christian back then. I don't have any idea what their faith was. I don't know what they believed in terms of gods or probably, a, they probably believed in multiple, a multiplicity of gods. I mean, it was very uncommon to have any sense of monotheistic faith. And they show up to worship Jesus, right? They come, these wise men, they see the stars. Like, heaven forbid we actually think that you could actually find God in science. I mean, that's crazy talk right there. So they're like studying and there's, oh, this is a weird thing. And, and something inside of them says, we should follow and see what this is pointing to. And so they end up coming into Jerusalem and they say, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. We've come to worship him. That fascinating. So this story celebrates that the, the love of God is not based on borders and boundaries and religion. It is for all people. Good news for all people. You know what's happening tomorrow? Have you been paying attention to your Facebook feed, right? Some of you are shaking your head. Uh, we know it's true if it's on Facebook, by the way. So we're, we're scrolling along and, we've, and you can see that there's going to be this pretty cool event uh, with planets tomorrow, and it's called the Great Conjunction. And it is where Saturn and Jupiter, right? Am I right? Saturn and Jupiter are going to pass, basically. And they're going to appear in the sky to be like a toothpick apart, and they're going to create this, what will look and feel like an enormous star. And it's being called the Christmas star. Now, this is not a, a highly unusual event. In fact, I think uh, I, I'm not an astrologer, remember, I don't do that stuff. Uh, but uh, th there's, this is something that happens like close, like around 20 years. Every 20 years, they pass one another. But as close as they're going to be, the last time it's been this visible was in March of 1225. 1225. So that's like 800 years ago, 820 years ago, something, no, 800 years ago. How many years ago? 795, thank you, you overachiever, Ron. 795 years. That's what happens when you have to listen to the message three times as the host. 
<laughs> right? Some of you are like, I can barely make it through one. How does that guy do it? So listen, 795 years, 795 years. This is like a once in a lifetime, generation after generation event. So you know what we're going to do? I'm going to go outside tomorrow. I'm going to look at this star. And I'm going to imagine that I get to follow the star for 12 days on a journey. I would encourage you, put it in your calendar. I have an alarm set. 45 minutes after sunset. So like 2.30, 2.45. Just step outside. <laughs> step, no, that's Maine. That's Maine. I apologize. I forgot I live in Colorado. Which, by the way, I owe you all a debt of gratitude because on Thursday, where I used to live, got 30 inches of snow. So I want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you for voting yes, if you did. <laughs> right? But go outside tomorrow and, and, and see the star. Now, is this the star that the wise men followed? I don't have any idea. I don't know. Was there ever a star that wise men followed? I don't know. How am I supposed to know that? Like, that's faith. But I just see it as this wonderful, beautiful opportunity for me to experience God and all the beauty of science and say, look at this now. And I want to think about it. And so we can start to go on this journey. And we can see the 25th as the start, Okay. Second thing about the 12 days of Christmas is this. I believe the 12 days of Christmas can give sight to the blind. If we'll live into it, it will give sight to the blind. Now, here's why we need that. Because we're blind. You're blind. I'm blind. Because the commercial calendar is blinding. It blinds us to the reality around us. We, it's just become such a part of our world, we really just kind of take it for granted. Now, some of you, again, you're deeply offended. You're like, you're so judgmental just comes with the job, I guess. I don't know. But listen, it's true. Because, now I'm going to do something here that I shouldn't do. I mean, I definitely should not do this because as soon as I show you this next screen, some of you are going to immediately get on your phone and, and check this out. Some of you that are watching online, you're going to open up a new browser screen and I'm going to lose you. You're going to go to Kohl's.com and find out what's going on. So do me a favor, resist the devil and he will flee. All right, so just hold on. But check this out. This is the Kohl's after Christmas sale. Already out there floating around. Like, you don't do it now. I told you, don't do it. But you could Google after Christmas sale and you'll get all the flyers already. Now, here's what I mean by we're blinded by it. We think Christmas ends on the 25th because the commercial calendar tells us. Why? Because look at this. It says, after Christmas, stock up. I don't, on what? I don't know. Right? But stock up on something, right? After Christmas, stock up. You get 70% off, right? And, and it says starts in store when? December 26th. So the commercial calendar tells us what? The Christmas is over on the 26th. It ends. It's that wall, right? So, so co the commercial reality of our world, it's like crack, okay? And I'm not trying to diminish the reality of a drug addiction. I legitimately am saying this to you. It's like crack. It gives and it gives and it gives and it's free. Here's all the commercialism you want. Here it is, here it is, here it is. All these days, you can get this on sale. You can get this on sale. It's so much fun to give. So you're buying presents and there's this rush that comes from giving gifts and there's all this stuff happening. And then what happens is our commercial reality tells us it's over with on December 20th. It's like cold turkey. No more Christmas. And I'm telling you, our souls aren't geared for that. Because our souls are longing for transformation. And that, when it's just about that, when it's just about the shopping, when the shopping is done and the presents are opened and it's over with, we haven't experienced transformation. And then we hit real withdrawal spiritually. But here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, uh, ears to hear and eyes to see both are gifts from the Lord. And so part of what faith is, is, is learning to be critical 
in a, in a healthy way of the world in which we swim. And I don't think that that means that we have to be down. Again, I, I mean, look at my sweater. How could I not love the commercialization of Christmas? I have a cow on a sweater with one of these. Look at that. How cool is that? But I want to be able to see it and, and know it. Like, I want to know what I'm dealing with. I don't want it to know me and own me. And that's the beauty of faith. It just gives us a reality, a, a, a filter to see the world that we're swimming in so that we can make wise choices. The last thing about the 12 days of Christmas that I think it can do for us is the 12 days of Christmas, if we'll lean into it, embrace some of the culture of it from a, from a liturgical perspective, is that it will remind us and keep in our hearts that peacemaking is dangerous work, that it's work. The life of faith is not a get out of hell free card. A life of faith is not get out of problems and trouble. But a life of faith is actually an invitation into a lot of difficult work. Because it is the, it is the life of faith that sustains the world. It is the forgiveness and grace and mercy and justice of God that is the leaven, right, that's being baked into the entire world. Jesus called it work. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, my father is at work until now, and so am I at work. Right? Jesus understood his life and his mission as work. And it says, for this reason, the Jews tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Right? We would, like now we pray all the time, Father in heaven. Because Jesus taught us to pray that. We, we pray this. But that's so controversial to the mind of the first century person in Palestine because they're saying, wait, you're saying you're like God? And Jesus is saying, yes, that's the whole point. <laughs> We're all like God. That's the whole point. The divine is in every person, and that's why we treat one another with dignity and decency and love and grace because the divine loves the divine, and we're all created in the divine image. And that work, that work was, was hard and dangerous work. And so in the 12 days of Christmas, in the liturgical calendar, there's some feast days. Do you all ever celebrate feast days? I mean, we do Christmas. Christmas is a feast day. But most of the time, our tradition in the church, this kind of tradition that we come out of, doesn't really celebrate feast days. But I'm going to tell you, you know who celebrates feast days well? The Catholics and the Orthodox. Oh, man. I can tell you right now, on any feast day, you want to be in the north end of Boston. Okay. The north end of Boston is where it's at on feast days because they have these huge parties and parades. I don't even care who it is. They're like, they're celebrating the feast of somebody's dog. And I'm like, I'm in because there's a pastry for that. They have a pastry for every festival. It's awesome. Have you ever had a Zeppeli, like a real Zeppeli for, I think it's the feast of St. Joseph. <sighs> Amazing. They know how to celebrate. They know how to party. So there's some feasts along the way in the 12 days. And I just want to, these feasts, they give us a theme of this is dangerous stuff. So one of the feasts uh, is on December 26th, and it's the Feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr. If you're familiar with the story of Stephen, he gives his life. He's stoned to death because he professes and proclaims Jesus as Lord and as the Savior of the world. Jesus being above the Jewish law and faith and religion. And he gives his life. That's dangerous work. During the 12 days of Christmas on December 28th, there's the Feast of the Innocents. And the Feast of the Innocents brings to memory and makes sure that we don't ever forget the brutality of politics, the brutality of leaders that are overwhelmed by uh, fear, that are overwhelmed by jealousy. 
And this honors those lives that were lost by Herod, who in Matthew chapter two says that Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. So he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. And these brutal actions by Herod, they fulfilled what the prophet Jeremiah had said that a cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. See, these feasts that are part of this day, they remind us that the call to peacemaking is a call of work. But it's worth it. It's a call into dangerous work. And on the Feast of the Innocents, there's a prayer. It's a beautiful prayer, and I would encourage you to look this prayer up, and we'll post it on the Crossroads Facebook page if you're a part of that. We'll send it out in an email probably on that that day. But this prayer is so beautiful, and it's prayed on the day of the Feast of Innocence. Listen to this prayer. It says, O God, whom the holy innocents confessed and proclaimed on this day, not by speaking, but by dying. Now listen to this. Grant, we pray, that the faith in which we confess with our lips may also speak through our manner of life. That the faith we confess with our lips, that we would also speak it through our manner of life. That is the work of Christmas. And that's the beauty of taking more than two hours on one day out of the year to open up presents and then go through a crash to say, no, today it begins. And we honor that people have given their lives. We honor that innocent people suffer for the sake of peace. And we want our lives to reflect what our mouth says. There's beauty in that. There's transformative power in that. And so here's the point. I know you were wondering if there would be a point besides the sweater today. There is. On December 25th, let's, as a faith community, stop anticipating and start celebrating for 12 days. So we've spent a season of Advent preparing our hearts, anticipating this birth. Let's spend a season celebrating it. Let's celebrate a little bit. Let's not see it as the commercial calendar would tell us that it's over with as soon as the presents are open because we're not driven by that calendar. We exist with it. We take advantage of it. Hey, I like any bells. I want a good deal. But I recognize that's not where it's at. And so these 12 days in your everyday normal life, remember, I'm not telling you to come to church for 12 days, all right? But in your everyday normal life, here's some things that you and I could do during this 12 days to just mark it and be a part of it. First of all, just pace yourself. 12 days is a long party, okay? You can't, you can't go all out on day one. You got to remember, you got 11 more, okay? So pace yourself, pace yourself and just light a, light a candle every day and breathe, <laughs> Just light a candle reminding you, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. I'll rejoice in today as this part of this 12 days with myself, with my family. I want to encourage you to sign up. Join the 12 Days of Christmas journey that we're doing. So here, uh, we're going to walk through for 12 days uh, a daily devotion called The Work of Christmas. And The Work of Christmas was written by a guy named Bruce Epperly, a scholar, pastor, and the subtitle of this book is The 12 Days of Christmas with Howard Thurman. And it's a wonderful day, set of daily readings. And we're going to actually walk through and read it together. We have a daily video devotion that uh, it's about six minutes long that we're going to email out to everybody that wants it. Uh, it'll also be on our Facebook page during the drop of hope that morning. 
And we're just going to explore through this book uh, some pretty extraordinary things that Howard Thurman said. If you're not familiar with Howard Thurman, he was a civil rights leader, civil rights activist, lived through the Jim Crow era. Um, really amazing, wonderful, uh, wonderful contemplative life. And, uh, and we're going to just journey along the work of Christmas, this work of justice and mercy that, call, that, that the Christmas story calls us into. And on the 29th, uh, which is the fourth day of Christmas, we're going to do a webinar with the author, uh, uh, Bruce Epperly. I called Bruce to say, hey, I don't know him, by the way. I just found a number. I sent him an email or whatever. I was like, hey, we want to do this. Can we, we would like to use your book. I'd like to use it this way. It's written so well. I don't want to really rewrite it. Can I just like read it as part of a devotion? And he says, yeah, that'd be great. And we talked a little bit. I just got a bit of his story. And in the conversation was like, well, if you ever wanted to do like a, a video call or something for your folks, I'd love to do that. And so we got it all set up. So on the 29th from 7 to 8 p.m., we're going to do a live webinar. And we're going to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. We're going to talk about the life of Howard Thurman a bit, his experience with Howard Thurman, and we're going to talk about what are the challenges to peacemaking in 2021. What are those challenges for us? And I think you're going to love it. I, I, I've had one conversation with Bruce, and I was so distraught because I lived in New England for 20 years, and he's from New England, and we now, our paths never crossed. It's brilliant. It's just wonderful. And uh, really in alignment with our heart for peacemaking is the work that he's doing. So you could, you could be a part of that. If you've got little ones, Right? Make sure you're staying tuned to the CK Online webpage because there's resources there and there's, there's fun things for you to do during the 12 days of Christmas with your littles if you'd like to. And then I want to encourage you to be creative. Make it your own. Right? Do what, what works for you. Like Make food part of it. Like Do a, a food that you love every night. A different food. Maybe it's a treat. So I, I, like throughout the year, I eat kind of a restricted diet. But like Christmas... For me, Christmas was like, I'm eating whatever I want on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Now I get to do it for 12. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I'm eating whatever I want for 12 days, right? But like there, there's, there's ways you can do it for you, right? However that works for you. But you can make food a part of it. Uh, you could do a nightly game as a family with you and your spouse or you and, and, a, and a family member who lives away. You can get on and do whiplash or some sort of online game. But you could just do a game every night. We're just gathering together to celebrate the 12 days of Christmas this way. You could volunteer. Volunteer somewhere in the community for an organization that you believe in. You believe in the work that they're doing. Just give them a call and say, hey, I'd like to come over and how could I volunteer in a safe way? Uh, I'd like to do it once in the next uh, 12 days. And you just do that. It, it works for you. It's a part of who you are. Make, make homemade cards for your neighbors, Right? Hey, I just wanted to send you a note in between Christmas and New Year to just let you know I was thinking about you. And if you ever need anything, I'm here. Right? Just do something right? like that. Here's a fun thing you could do. Uh, and again, these are just things, just baby pictures, right? 12 Days of Christmas is about the birth of a baby. Pull out your baby pictures. Pull out your kids' baby pictures. Talk about their, them as a baby. Talk about your own life. Pull out pictures of you as a baby one night. This one, just be creative with it. It doesn't matter what you do. The point is to hit the pause button and to just live a little counter to the commercial calendar of the world. And then I want to encourage everybody to do this. And we're going to talk more about this in two weeks, but just plan an epiphany party. Plan an epiphany party on January 6th, right? So plan particularly on January 6th on epiphany to do something to celebrate that God was incarnate Revealing God's love for everyone. And there's some, again, Epiphany's got some good recipes for like pastries and treats. You got to try something, you know, do something. But, but celebrate this Epiphany. And if you have young kids, talk about how beautiful it is that God loves us so much 
that God, the fullness of God, took on flesh. And now we can participate in the life of God. We can have hope and we can have joy and we can forgive when we can't possibly imagine forgiving. And we can find healing from the most horrible circumstances in this world. And then just keep it going. Keep Christmas going during these 12 days. If you're, a, if you're watching the Christmas movies, don't stop on December 25th. Watch them through the 12 days, right? If you're, if you're uh, into Christmas music, keep the Christmas music going. Keep the tree up. Like live into Christmas for 12 days. And if we'll do this, I really do believe that we'll avoid the spiritual Christmas crash. We'll avoid it. We'll give ourselves with a, a period to kind of ramp out of it and into what God has next for us, which is kind of our march into this, this winter season, our march into Easter. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll learn the off-ramp. It won't be just this cold turkey. And when we give that off-ramp, we give our souls a chance to breathe a little bit. I do think that the manger has the opportunity to transform us every year. So the question and the big plea for me as your pastor, is don't settle for goosebumps. Don't settle for goosebumps. Christmas Eve will bring them, even in COVID, watching them at home, being with family. If you come to this space, it's gonna produce the goosebumps, but don't settle for that. Let that be part of the journey into transformation because that's what we all really desire in our lives is transformation, that we would see ourselves differently, that we would see our enemies differently, that we would see our kids differently, our spouses differently. And some of those we think of as enemies too. I understand the redundancy in that. But that type of transformation that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. So as we wrap up today, what is God inviting you into? I believe when we gather here, that's the most important question we can ask because it, it says that we're not wasting our time, that we believe that the God who is behind the continued creation of the universe is interested in your life and is inviting you into something today. So inside of your uh, little packet that you got as you came in today or on your download form there, uh, the link, uh, you've got a couple of things. You've got the Connect card. I'd, I'd encourage you to fill out that Connect card. And there's a pledge card in there. And the pledge card is a little blurry on one side, if you notice that. The, the color printer was acting up a little bit, was misbehaving. But inside of that giving envelope, if you're in the room, is your a pledge card. And here's the thing. We're all hopefully filling out this pledge card uh, for between now and Christmas Eve where we pledge our time, talent, and our treasure to what God has uh, for us next in this season. So I would encourage you, fill out that pledge card. Turn it in either on Christmas Eve if you come to one of the services with your offering, or just do it digitally. Turn it in beforehand. And there's a couple other next steps you can click there. Share the link out for Christmas Eve. Sign up to receive the 12 Days of Christmas devotion every day in your email. And then you can sign up for that work of Christmas. It's real easy. It's right there. Real easy to do. Sign right up for it. We have a great song for you. It's a, you got to clap to this song. Unless you're filling out your offering envelope, then keep writing. <laughs> I hope it's okay if I joke around, right? Um, but this is a fun song, and I love this song. It's a, de it's a declaration. Let there be peace. And it's, it, it's, it's probably meant to be sung on Christmas Eve <laughs> or on Christmas night. But it says, let there be peace in our hearts tonight. Let there be peace in our hearts tonight. And it calls the weary, it calls those that are hurting, it calls all of us into this space that peace can be in our hearts tonight. So if you're in the room,
do the band a favor. Clap along. It's been eight months since they've had people clapping with them. They would love it, all right? So clap along. Josh is laughing. He's like, yes, please clap. Just clap on beat, all right? So uh, clap along. And uh, if I don't see you in person for Christmas Eve, have a Merry Christmas. I hope you'll connect with one of the Christmas Eve services. And I hope that you will take the 12 days of Christmas and you'll make it your own. And you will not settle for goosebumps, but allow the Spirit to transform you every day of the 12 days of Christmas. Thanks for being here today. Okay, ready? Hallelujah, oh holy night. Angels sing on this night divine. Alleluia, oh holy night. Let peace come down and shine heaven's light. Let there be peace. Let there be peace. Let there be peace in our hearts tonight.
teammate. Great job, all of you. Give yourself a hand. Let's do that. Good job, you guys. Hey, before we wrap up today, just stay with me just for a couple minutes. Got a couple things we want to wrap up. Like Ryan mentioned, this is a time when we can give back to God through our financial giving to invest in the work and to support the mission of Crossroads Church. Three ways to do this. Go online to crossroadscolorado.com. You can utilize the giving envelope that Ryan mentioned and drop it off in the orange Hope is here boxes. And if you've yet to begin this process or you want an accessible way to do this, text the word Crossroads to 77977. Now, throughout the service, we have referenced this Connect card. And whether physical or digital, we want to encourage you to take this time to fill this out. And you want to indicate some of your next steps. Um, one of the things that you can do with this card is um, you can utilize it for a prayer request if you have one. But you can also click on this to get the link to make your commitment to pledge to our 2021 pieces worth it ministry initiative you can also utilize the card um, to share watch parties as well as to sign up for the 12 days of christmas email devotional that starts on christmas day now speaking of prayer if you do have a prayer need i mentioned you can use the connects card you can also text the word prayer to 970-500-0970 if you're in the room we'll have members of our prayer team in the front stage area after service to pray with you and if you're online you can click the live prayer button and one of our hosts will pray with you now hey i got some important information on how Crossroads is going to finish out 2020. So stick with me here. I know many of us go back and forth between our live cast experiences. So to let you know, the next two Thursdays on the 24th and the 31st, in view of Christmas services and New Year's Eve, we will not be holding our live cast services here on Thursday. So we'll see you next year um, if, you, if you come on Thursdays consistently. But we will be having on Sunday, December 27th at 9 and 11 a.m. That'll be the third day of the 12 days of Christmas. Pastor Dennis Anderson will be bringing us that Sunday message, the last one for 2020. Now, a couple other things regarding Christmas Eve. Again, just a reminder, four services, six services, um, the 23rd, 5 and 7 p.m., the 24th and Thursday, 12, 2, 4, and 5.30 p.m. You can watch it on Facebook Live, our online campus, or again, you can be a part of it in person. And again, just a reminder, if you want to pick up these, um, these candles, you can do so. It will be available in the atrium. Or again, if you need to have us provide it to you, if you're in an at-home situation, go to crossroadscolorado.com Christmas 2020. So, you know, I think as a takeaway from Ryan's message, I plan to drink eggnog for 12 more days past the 25th. So I'm going to pick up a carton today. And, you know, no one else got the message about the the ugly Christmas sweater, but the great thing about it is Ryan's sweater, I think, covers us all. Don't you think? 
I think that was good enough for all of us. Uh, but anyway, hey, guys, um, you know what? I'm going to see you guys sometime on the 23rd and 24th. If I don't, everyone have a Merry Christmas. As you leave, please stay safe. Practice good social distancing. We'll see you on the 23rd or 24th, everybody. Thank you.